You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, welcome back. It is Minor Talk presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. I'm Adrian Bratis. Angel Munoz is producing the show. We've got Sal Montes in the building as well, wrapping up the KLAQ broadcast. Jason Craig, the official DJ for UTEP Athletics, is joining us as well. And we've got a lot to talk about today on the show. The Miners squeeze past New Mexico State 20-13 uh, to 13 in the 99th edition of the Battle of I-10. If you want to talk about it with us, let's do it right now. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. I know this is going to be a heated minor talk after this one. I, I think for some minor fans, they might argue, well, UTEP got a win. They, this was their opportunity to finally get their first win of the season, and they seized it. Uh, it may have been ugly, but some fans will argue a win is a win, and they'll take it no matter what. On the other side, people will argue that minors were up 17 nothing at the half. They come out flat in the second half. No urgency on or creativity on third down plays. They had a muff punt on special teams, which uh, allowed NMSU to score their first touchdown. A 41-yard star uh, Thomas reception all the way down to UTEP territory. The Aggies miss out on a field goal, which ends up biting them in the, in the butt uh, when it's all said and done with this team. They had an opportunity to score on that drive, and they could have made things really close in the third quarter, but instead, uh, later on, the Aggies had a 16-play drive where in which they converted three third-down conversions, a fourth-down conversion as well, and capped it off with a touchdown. I'm left after this one. I get it. UTEP wins. You know they're they're one and two on the season. Um, NMSU drops to zero and three on the year. But I'm left with more questions than I am answers about this UTEP football team. What's the identity of the offense? What what are they doing as far as uh, moving the football and trying to be more reliable and consistent offensively? Now on the defensive side of the ball, is the defense depth enough to keep up? I, I felt like although. The offense was only on the field for 7 minutes and 15 seconds in the second half. I felt like the defense was worn down tonight. And when that happens, um, you know, the other teams are able to score against this defense. And, I, you know, another question I have is who is Gavin Hardison as a quarterback? Is he a product of the play calling or is this just who he is going to be? Because I just didn't like what I saw from Gavin Hardison late in the stretch from this game. And, you know, is this is UTEP's run game one-dimensional? We haven't seen much from Deion Hankins. We saw a great game from the likes of Ronald Awat tonight with 21 carries for 118 rushing yards and a touchdown. But what what are we getting beyond Ronald Awad as far as this UTEP run game? That's one of my biggest questions as well. Uh, let's get things started. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009 to get into Minor Talk. We're also at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter where you can chime in as well. 600 ESPN El Paso.com where we will have a ton of, uh, you know, uh, post-game coverage as well, recaps. We'll have photos by George Salgado, who is out on uh, at the Sun Bowl, shooting photos for us here at 600 ESPN El Paso, and we'll have plenty more there, 600ESPNElPaso.com. Chat with us on our free mobile app, powered by First Bank here in El Paso, and we've got a lot of awards to give out later on in the show. We've got our play of the game, brought to you by Specs. we got our Heineken player of the game, and then we've got our drive of the game, brought to you by the Oscar Arieta Agency. And speaking of the Oscar Arieta Agency, 
agency. They've got seven locations in El Paso from the west side to Fabens. You can contact the Oscar Arieta agency for home, auto, or life insurance. Um, you know, this is a, a real story. I went to Oscar Arieta agency, and I went to them because I, I just recently purchased a home. I added my home insurance on to my auto policy. I bundled and saved with the Oscar Arieta agency. You could do so, too. Just go online, oscarietheagency.com, and learn more about getting started on a free, no-obligation proposal today. Let's get things started. Let me send it over to Jason Craig. Welcome him on to the show. Uh, he got a chance to witness this one from the DJ booth. Now, now, Jason, give me your thoughts of this one. Give me your thoughts on the crowd. Uh, UTEP squeezes past New Mexico State, a rivalry game, battle of I-10. It got really, like you said, that second half was, uh, it, it just it took the momentum out of out of everybody I felt um you know I was sitting right there by the student section which was just hectic in that first first half just chaos like it really looked good it looked really promising uh coming out the first half with 17-0 I was like oh man this is gonna be nice but that second half don't know what happened have no idea just all over the place and what in my experience being where I'm at and doing what I have to do for the, you know, for the Sun Bowl and with the marketing team and stuff like that. I have a headset on, so uh, a lot of the plays are more cues. So I'm like, I'm watching the game and I'm seeing how things are, you know, how they were just falling apart in that second half. But all the intricate details and all that stuff, I I, I can't because I'm yeah, you're waiting doing for, your I'm job. waiting I'm waiting for certain cues and stuff. But like you said, you hit it dead on um, as, as far as. Uh, what the game was, you know, an amazing first half. I thought, you know, a couple of miscues here and there, but coming out of it 17-0, you can't ask for a better first half. That's a, that second half was just so so many missed opportunities, and that 16 play drive was that was it. Like right there right. is when we literally the crowd was like, okay, we're like starting to get over it. But it was good because no one really left, honestly. You know, there's still a good crowd there uh, for the entire game. So I give it up to uh, El Paso for sticking around for that. You know, I feel bad for the city of El Paso because they continue to put a lot of faith in this football program. And uh, I, I'm not saying that they they got disappointed tonight uh, in in a full like form because, of course, UTEP ends up with the win. But, I mean, it, it was kind of a letdown, right, because the UTEP fans showed up again uh, despite them falling in that first game to North Texas. Uh, that was a, an embarrassment in that second half. And then Oklahoma, things were better, so you thought maybe things could get on the right track, and then this game comes around. I, I don't want to hear that this is a rivalry game. I don't want to hear that UTEP got a win and a win is a win. This is the time to look at this team and start throwing those red flags. I mean, what's going on with quarterback Gavin Hardison right now? What's happening What's happening with this offense and trying to find an identity? Because, Jason, I, I feel like as far as an identity goes, this offense has zero identity whatsoever. Yeah, QB1 was very confusing to me. Like, I thought, you know, I'm used to seeing him, you know, throw the ball a lot. You know, and then he was trying to do some running things. I'm like, well, you don't normally don't run. So I was very confused on what was going on and where he really wanted to go and what you know the plays were, were what they were designed to do. And yeah, it was. I don't, there was no, 
There was no identity no. with the offense at all. I'm with you on that, man. Let, let's uh, go to the phone lines. Let's welcome on Ronnie. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Miners beat out the New Mexico State Aggies 20-13, to a tight game in the Battle of I-10, which just kind of raises a lot of questions more than it does answers when it comes to this UTEP football team. 915-505-6009 is our telephone number. Hey, Ronnie, good evening. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Adrian? Ronnie, what's happening, man? Uh, this was a tough one for some minor fans to just kind of stomach. I get it. They won. Uh, minor fans are, um, I-, I think, torn right now because some say a win is a win, and the other fans are, are really throwing up the red flags and wondering what's going on with the regression of this UTEP football team. Well, I mean, I said this last week. I, mean, I told you, Jerry Kill's a better coach than Demo. He's been around forever, you know, and, um, you know, that's, that's just that's just coaching over there. You know, we know he doesn't have a ton of talent, but he's coaching his kids up and, well, some things that the miners need to start doing. And what's really odd about this team to me is I don't know why Dimmel's so fixated on calling plays. He's got Warner, who's won Rose Bowls at Michigan State and won Big Ten titles. What he really needs to focus on is that defense and probably coaching that up a little more because if they play anybody who's got any type of offensive creativity or a coach who's been around a long time and just knows the game, like you know, they're really, really going to struggle to uh, be – competitive and then just find their way back to a, a mediocre season into a bowl game. And I, I just can't figure out for likely why he's so fixated on um, having such a hand in the uh, play calling because it's just not, you know, one week it's the hardest in throwing the ball for 38, 40 attempts. And the next week they're limited his attempts. So I give them credit for that by limiting his attempts, but then they're relying on the run game. It's just like, there's just no, no balance to this team. You know, there's just no balance offensively to this team. And they're really, you know, a 13, 14 point team per night, which is going to be hard to do in today's college football to beat people. Yeah, it is. You know, one of the other things I see is with the defense, while it, it still kind of has its its moments, uh, the defense has taken a step back. And I agree with what, what you said on the offensive side of the ball, Ronnie, and, um, and just kind of the problems that are glaring right now for this UTEP football team but on the defensive side as well there's some issues and and I think it might just be on, on the talent side of things they might not be as talented as they were last year well I would agree with that which is why I was saying them was so fixated on, on coaching one phase of the uh of the football team and he really needs to focus more on the defensive end um because that's where they're obviously trying to cover as much ground as possible and let's face it man you look at what the mid-major schools did today. Marshall goes and beats Notre Dame. Appalachian goes and beats Texas A&M. Like, if you're at the mid-major level, which UTEP is, and you're not able to go into the portal and grab guys and you're losing your best players to the portal, then you're going to have to coach the hell out of your kid every week, every practice, every weight room session matters because that is the only way you're going to get the most out of these kids and be able to stay competitive and relevant. Um, you know, the Liberty Walkums. You know, uh, UAB thought they were going to walk in Liberty to the league. Liberty said, no, 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 you're not going to do that to us. we got a quarterback that's about to start in the NFL. We're going to beat you. So, I mean, the Myers got some things that they got to look in the mirror and they got to clean up. I want to tell you something right now. <clears throat> the Myers need a guy who can do all three things, recruit, promote the program, and develop kids. And there's only one guy who understands the state of Texas that can do that, and that's Deion Sanders. And that's who the Myers need to go get I know he won't oh, be there to win, but that's who they need to go get, to be honest. Because, listen, listen, the Miners aren't going to go into the portal and get other talented players under demo. They're losing their best players. So you need a guy who can promote and build a brand. And Deion Sanders built the hell out of Jackson State. He understands the state of Texas. 
he's going to come with a starting quarterback already and probably a five-star corner. That's who the Miners need to go target to really turn their program around in this new wave of billion-dollar business known as college football. Well, I, I just want to push you back, push back a little bit there, Ronnie, because uh, you say losing players. The, the the I know I know the last year they lost Jacob Cowing, but that's really the only player they lost to like a transfer portal. They haven't had a lot of turnover since Dana Dimmel has been here in in terms of losing players. But I think that you have to criticize the priorities on which UTEP recruited this past offseason. They didn't really go after a linebacker when they needed a little bit more depth there. They may have got and some guys to plug and play it in the secondary, but I don't know if they are the right guys. And I, and I think it's a little too early to tell as far as the secondary specifically, but things like wide receiver, they knew that they were out with Jacob Cowing. How, you, you needed somebody to come in as far as maybe a uh, graduate transfer or somebody who's had more proven time. I mean, Kelly Arcari put up some great numbers at the JUCO level, but it's going to take him time to really adjust to the Division One level speed. And uh, today, you know, he was a non-factor in, in the receiving game. And while Tyron Smith is shifty, he's fast, he's just simply not reliable. He had four catches on 11 targets. Uh, Ray Flores today, five catches for 43 yards, led the minors in receptions. But beyond that, they don't have many um, go-to, like, explosive targets. So I fault them in their recent recruiting efforts. They should have gotten more guys to kind of plug and play in areas that they really needed. So in terms of losing players, I, I don't really see that with the minors. I, I see more with them just not really capitalizing on the players that they got, whether it's the JUCO ranks or the transfer portal, whatever. I'm telling you, they're going to lose players off this team. They're going to lose stars off this team once the uh, offseason rolls around. Like You can just see it, man. Some kids are already looking forward and their body language to the end of the season. You can tell when the minors take the field, man, some guys are already thinking like, damn, why did I come back? Why did I leave? Why did I do something different? You can you can see it in the kids' body language, man. You can, you can see it vividly. And I'm going to tell you something else. I think they lose next weekend in New Mexico. Oh, really man. Do. Are you serious? Oh, man. 100% serious. You I think they Mexico lose to New Mexico? Listen, man. It, the only thing minors can do, listen, all minor fans, listen to me. The best thing you can do this season is capitalize on the minors. What I mean by that is they're 0-3 against the spread. Keep betting against them every week to make money because they ain't covered the spread yet. <laughs> Drown your misery and minors money. But they're going to lose next week. Man. They had, they, when you go that far without covering a game, Adrian, that just means your team is just not competitive, man. So you can't say the minors for sure are going to do anything. I told you last week this game wouldn't be decided to the third quarter. Hell, I was wrong on that. went down for the last few seconds. Sure. Know? So it's like they're just not competitive, man. Like they just don't have the fire of a team to come off a, a bowl, um, for you know, and, and, and it just they don't have the fire, man. Like the, the league is in shambles; they're scrambling to add teams. It's just come on, man. Like there's just no fire here, man. There's just no fire in these kids, not at all. And, and some of the stuff I don't even blame them because it starts at the top with the coaching staff and, 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 and things of that nature. But there's just no fire at all, man. There's just no passion in these guys. Like you said, we haven't seen Hankins do anything all season, so when is he going to decide he wants to show up? Who knows, right? I mean, there's just no fire in these guys, man, honestly. You can't trust Hardison under 50% tonight on his passes. I mean, <laughs> you're going to tell me these guys got a for sure win on their schedule? Okay, who is it? Where is it? 
where is it? Because I don't see a for sure win. On well, this, this was the for sure win that I that. thought they would have, and they struggled they in the for sure win. So yeah, I don't know where exactly. we point other wins. But then, uh, then again, and I appreciate the phone call, Ronnie. Thanks so much for for uh, your thoughts and opinions today. Then again, Conference USA is bad. You just said it right there. I mean, the Sun Belt today they get wins from Appalachian State. They have Georgia Southern get a win today as well. Marshall had a big win against Notre Dame. So Sun Belt had a big day on their side. Conference USA on the other side. Uh, UTSA squeezes past. Army. Okay, I'll tip my hat off there. That's not bad. But then you look at some of the other losses that we saw across the board today in Conference USA. Texas State defeating Florida International 41-12. FIU is bad. I mean, really bad. Uh, you look at um, a team like Middle Tennessee. They they struggle initially against Colorado State, and they win 34-19. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll tip my hat off there. Liberty, that's a tough team. They beat out UAB 21-14. to uh, Louisiana Tech beat out uh, Stephen F. Austin. Austin 52 to 17. North Texas beat out Texas Southern 59-27. Rice beating out uh, McNeese 52 to 10. A, a lot of things that we don't know as far as what's going on moving forward with Conference USA. But I will tell you this: this league doesn't impress me. I'm not impressed with any of these teams top to bottom except for UTSA and maybe you can argue UAB or, or the likes of Western Kentucky. But beyond that, not not impressed with any of these teams across Conference USA. So I might say that by default, UTEP could get some wins in Conference USA, just knowing how bad this conference is. But before we uh, dive into the conference and talk a little bit more about this, let's welcome on Sal Montes, just finishing up the KLAQ broadcast with Voice of the Miners, John Teicher. Uh, Sal, in this one, I think a lot of Miner fans are again split. I mean, we talk about this a lot on Miner Talk when we bring on different people um, and people chime in with their thoughts, but some of the fans are just happy. A win's a win. Other fans are saying, no, this was disappointing. The Miners should not have struggled against such a bad team like New Mexico State, what ended up happening in this game? And and you know what, too, Adrian, the the big thing for me is what kind of expectations do you have for this minor team, if you're answering this question, right? Going into this year, it was thinking, oh, UTEP can be atop their division or they can compete with the big dogs. Well, three weeks into the season, it doesn't even look like that. And one of the games where they're supposed to get the ball rolling, yes, they did win, don't get me wrong, but their next four games, um, with this being the first one, rather, they had a chance or have a chance to go 3-1. and one. Now they're 1-0 out, uh, out of the four. But the scary thing is they squeaked past this one, which was supposed to be the most surefire one. Yeah, it was supposed to be the blowout win for the Miners on their side. Uh, they were favored by 17 points in this game. Jason, uh, going back to the crowd, we, we talked about this before. The crowd was 23,325 people. Did it feel full? Did it feel big? Because it sounded like a loud crowd when things got real interesting in this game or when the Miners had success. It sounded like a loud crowd, so it seemed like people were invested in this game. They may have just been let down when it was all said and done. Yeah, I think around that second half, uh, uh, halfway through the third, that's where they started feeling like, oh, man, uh, UTEP's doing it again. You know, might just blow this one. But uh, with the crowd, it, it felt full. It felt full. It looked full from both sides. I mean, on my side, I was on the you know, on the visitor side, and it, it felt full. I don't know what it looked like from the box. But um, on my side, it looked full. If I looked over to the home side, it looked great over there. Uh, Over by the end zone, it looked great. So, um, but yeah, they felt something that they've repeated before. You know, it was, oh man, we're getting going. We got it. 17-0 in the first half. They were energized. They were ready to go. Right. Uh, You know, the students were talking smack to the 
NMSU's sign line, and it, it was just the energy was there. It was like, haha, you guys came up here, and we're, we're putting it down on you. And then that third quarter came in, and it just – everybody was like, you know what? They're going to do it to us again. Yeah, and, and the thing is, Jason, um, UTEP – They've been in those types of games where they've let games go. They, they've had mm-hmm. control in these games, and then they let things slip. And that's what kind of today reminded me of, just complacency. Uh, in terms of the play calling, I just didn't like what I saw on offense when it came down to third down plays. I just didn't like the creativity or sense of urgency. It felt like the Miners went on these like vertical uh, passing plays. It just never really worked out. And, um, you know, when it came to the run game, yeah, sure, it, it was better than it's been the first two weeks but at the same point I, I don't know if we could just trust this offense as a whole when they were at, when they were clicking when they were balanced they were fine but at the same point yeah the, I, I just don't know what's going to end up happening to this UTEP offense Sal when it's all said and done what is their identity uh it hasn't been created yet and if there is one it's um a question mark you know random sure. what, what are you going to get in this game and by default it was their best offensive performance without a doubt right but I mean, when we look at the second half compared to the full game, what do we even make of the stats? Because should we just really count two quarters when it comes to the offense? Because it was practically non-existent in the, in the second half. But also, too, I think we've seen time in and time out coming out of the break. Um, it feels like the opponents just have their their strategy and their adjustments in full place while the Miners are still trying to figure things out. Yeah, and, and I don't think they've figured anything out offensively. I think they still are trying to find their identity across the board. Hey, let's read some tweets. Let's uh, We'll get to Jessen, who's joining us next on our phones. If you want to weigh in, now is the time to do it. We've got two lines available, 915-505-6009. That's 915-505-6009. David Ramos chimes in, at Spider31-2000. Can we get a center who can give us a consistent snap there's at least one or two bad snaps every drive both guys in there tonight are guilty of it throws off timing of the plays that's from David Ramos yeah it's interesting they started with somebody else instead of Andrew Mayer at the center position they switched uh, over you know and then they kind of switched things back when it was all said and done Andrew Mayer ended up closing the game out for them at that center spot but um, yeah that's interesting and Sal that's something that we had talked about all year you know going into this game is that the the timing of the snaps just weren't there whatsoever for the Miners. Uh, and this game in particular, the guy that we're tra- talking about is Robert Mervin, who subbed in at the center position. I just don't like the, the yeah. center c- quarterback connection right now. And, and you know what? It's existed all year. Right. Really, we, we've seen this time in and time out. And something interesting that um, Jacob mentioned on the broadcast along with uh, John is how that split second just throws off the entire timing of the play. And, I mean, we're looking at a potential touchdown for Ray Flores. Oh, man, I thought he would have had it today. There, there were a couple instances. But, right. I mean, these are points that could be on the board. And when we talk about the offense who's struggling to seal the deal, now, you know, you're lucky if you get a field goal. Otherwise, if they're kind of in that range where, hey, I'm going to go for it, it's kind of like people are leaning towards, no, kick the field goal because you got to get away with something because more times than not, you're leaving with nothing. Yeah, and, and Jason, they, they just haven't proved that they can be reliable in terms of scoring. When it, when they're in the red zone, you can't even take that for granted. Like, they're, hey, mm-hmm. they're going to score on this drive? No. They, you have to f- cross your fingers and hope that they're going to score because this is an inconsistent offense when it comes to scoring the football. Yeah, um, and I wanted to bring up something about the defense, too. I felt like the defense was just like 
like a millisecond off time of what they needed to do. Like they stuttered on certain things and they were missing key plays, like especially in those third downs. Like those were like very important. It was like, oh, that's it. And they would just, it was like, what, like, why did you just, why did you stop? Mm -hmm. You know, they just like stopped running or stuttered or, you know what I mean? Like a glitch in a game. It was just like, how did that happen? You, you, they're right there. You know, they were just missing it. Well, the interesting part about this was New Mexico State at one point was 0 for 7 on third down conversions. And then on that particular drive that we're discussing where they go 16 plays down the field, 75 yards, and cap it off with a uh, rushing touchdown by Diego Pavia, they they converted on three separate third down conversions, and they converted on a fourth down conversion play. So that's just deflating to a defense that has been out there almost the entire second half, which the offense continued to have the fast three and outs and just never gave the defense a chance to catch their breath all right let's get to some phone calls right now we'll react to these phone calls as well at right after them 915-505-6009 as we continue let's go to jessen who's joining us next jessen good evening what's going on what's up i just got back from the utep game and man it was just not what I expected. Wow, Justin, I, I'm with you on this. What what you what are some of the issues that you see so far with this UTEP football team that you want them to fix? Uh, like, like you said, like they're just inconsistent. Like you just have to, like you said, cross your fingers because it's like they're kryptonite. They can't get it in. They can't punch it in. Justin, how long have you been a UTEP fan? Ooh, for a long time, as long as I can remember. Okay, I like it, Jessen. All right, give me your prediction, Jessen. Do they turn things around, or are you worried for the rest of the season? Uh, to be honest, I think they'll be able to turn it around, but there's a lot of work to do. Okay, okay, Jessen. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thank you so much for weighing in, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay. All right, that's Justin joining us here on the phone lines. Great, great call right there. I love the love the energy, love the enthusiasm, um, and yeah, I hear it. I hear his voices of frustration right there. Let's go to Alex, who's on the east side of El Paso. He's joining us next. UTEP defeats New Mexico State twenty to thirteen. If you want to weigh in, we've got one phone line available nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Alex, good evening. What's going on? Hey, Adrian. I just uh, wanted to say. I mean, it's uh, obvious. There's some things that are negative about tonight's performance, but at the same time, there's a lot of positives. I wanted to uh, say that, you know, with a caller that was earlier saying that these guys don't have any passion or are not, you know, fighting or anything like that, I mean, they fought for this win. They won tonight, you know, and that's something to be proud of. That's something to, to say, hey, look, we, we fought and we won, and let's, let's build from there, you know. Whether or not we can, you know, win against, you know, UNM is another story. But let, let's hold our heads high tonight and say, yes, we won. Yes, there's things to that we need to build off of and get better at. But we did a good job tonight, and, and we won. I'm proud of these guys. I'm, I'm proud of the city that showed up. Obviously, it was somewhat of, of a small crowd tonight. But still, you know, hopefully people also show up for the next games and you know, we, we move forward from here. You know, there's something to expect with this team and this university as well. And, you know, we have a lot of transfers. We have a lot of guys that are trying to make it, you know, to the next level. But to say that they're not being passionate, to say that they're not trying, to say that, you know, it was flat, whatever, like, come on, man, these guys are fighting. These guys are trying their best. And they're, they're, they're definitely, uh, you know, playing hard. So I'm proud of the 
proud of the guys and the way that they performed tonight, and we got a dub. So, Alex, let me let me ask you this that. real quick, Alex. What are the specific things that you like from this football team tonight? Because I I, I thought I saw some positives, but I, it was hard for me to find the positives. I think the most of the positives you're going to find are in the first half. Right. Yeah. Of course. And you have these these stages in in a sense with these games that we've played so far this year with these guys that it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I can dig on that first half or I can dig on that second quarter against Oklahoma, for example, that, you know, we can say, oh, we can build from there, you know, so that's something that you can say is a positive is, is, is that we need to put it all together and, and make it a whole, you know, four-quarter thing. And, and But the thing is, I'm going to say the positive, the most important thing to me is that these guys are these guys are fighting, you know, they're, they're trying, they're, they're working and, and – Yes, it's not the results in the sense of, you know, we want better, you know, play, but they're trying. And, and I can definitely uh, see that and feel that. And I think all of us as a community should get, get behind these guys and support them and say that, you know what, they're, they're working their asses off, man. And, and let's, let's get behind them and, and support them no matter what the result is. You know, that they're going to try their best and know that this community is behind them, and we're going to support them no matter what. All right, Alex, I appreciate your phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in on the show. I understand the passion. I get it. You're a minor diehard, so you're one of those who's going to be a ride or die no matter what. If UTEP wins, if UTEP loses, you're going to be out there supporting this team no matter what. And I think that you are one of many who are are like that when it comes to this UTEP football program. I mean, I go back to the 2018 season. I, that was such a, a tough season to watch, uh, even from a media perspective, where the minors went 1-11, and, and there just weren't a lot of things to be positive positive about. I don't think what we're experiencing right now is at that level, but you have to realize, Alex, where the expectation is placed on this team. This isn't that 1-11 football team. This is a team that's coming off a 7-6 and bowl appearance last year, and a team that had a lot of expectations going into this year. They had multiple starters back. They had uh, you know, a lot of expectations to try to win through a I'll say this, a very winnable schedule. Have success in a winnable schedule this year with a lot of teams who aren't that good, aren't that impressive. And right now, the way that I see for this UTEP football team, I think there are a lot of red flags that you have to hold. You can, hey, if you're a UTEP fan, that's fine. If, you, if you're if you a supporter, if you're a ride or die, that's that's great. But at the same point, you have to hold this team accountable. If, you're, if you want this team to maintain success and if you want this team to show that uh, linear and improvement year after year you have to hold this team accountable to hold their end of the bargain because you're a big fan you went out to the game well what about this football team they've they've got to show up on their side as well and you know they eked out a victory tonight it wasn't pretty whatsoever it was a tale of two halves and they were lucky to to you know come by with a win uh let's keep things moving let's go to minor fan that's right it's just minor fan who's joining us next on the phone lines 505-6009 we've got one line available give us a call right now if you'd like to weigh in 915-505-6009 as minor talk continues presented by the oscar arieta agency minor fan good evening what's going on hey what's going on adrian so how's everything going tonight going great how about you hey well it's been better but uh thank god we have young fans like justin but i've been a minor fan since 1986 i remember we used to take bread wrappers to get into the sun bowl um but take a can donate a can of food and then uh, get a ticket to the sun bowl all right exactly not gonna lie (laughs) um i'm not gonna lie it's all about coaching it, it comes down to coaching. It's about adjustments. Um, you're 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 getting to the fact where second half we're getting out coached. That's what it comes down to. 
game in, game out. He, it, like, we we had this game. We could have blown him out, but he comes out to coaching. Like, he got us where, he, where we wanted to be, but that's all he can get us to is, is demo. That's, that's it. We got to do better than this. It's kind of like settling for complacency, right? Like, here, I'll give you a per- perfect example, and I-, I would love to hear your thoughts on this one, Sal. Um, and-, and minor fans, stay around with me because I, I want to get your thoughts on one more thing. Uh, UTEP, in the- at the end of the first half, they had no urgency whatsoever on back-to-back drives to try to score the ball. They were up 17 yep. nothing. They had a lot of time left on the clock. They could have scored late in the stretch, but very complacent with their play calling, Sal. And they went into the half with, yeah, you know, hey, we're up 17-0. New Mexico State gets the ball out of the half. We're good. We're, we feel like we're dominating this game. Mm-hmm. That's complacency right there. Blow them out. You haven't proved to anybody this entire season that you could put up points and actually blow out an opponent. Blow this team out. You know, Get up on with a big lead. Have that sense of urgency to continue to try to get your offense humming on all cylinders. I thought they were, mm-hmm. they were solid in the second quarter when they scored on back-to-back uh, drives, touchdowns. But then they took a step back, and Sal, I, I just feel like with this this offense, mm-hmm. it's complacency. It's it's a lack of urgency. That's where I I have question marks when it comes to the play calling. I think it's just uh, being consistent with success, you know. And I'm going to tie this into that big quote, you know, act like you've been there before. Well, the Miners were six and one last year. They started out hot, but as the season went on and more film was available, we saw a little bit at least in my opinion, some of that complacency which led to these three-point losses. I know you remember the game against North Texas last year. Well, that second-half team from last year is kind of what we've been seeing, you know, so far this season in the first three games. I know we could kind of throw one game away, really, because it's Oklahoma, but, I mean, still, it's not – I guess about winning and losing, that's the number one thing, but if you have to ask yourself this question, are you – proud or, or happy of what you've seen with the two games that were winnable mm, for this season? Great question. And great you can question. ask yourself that question for the rest of the games that are winnable on the schedule, too. I'll, I'll swing that over to you, Minor Fan. Are you are you satisfied with the, the first three games that you've seen from UTEP football so far? I mean, besides, obviously, the Oklahoma game, but I, I honestly, I could get three wins this season. Three wins. Top. Three wins. Oh, three man. Wins. That's tough, Miner fan. All right. Hey, appreciate the phone call. Thanks for hanging with us very late in the evening uh, and calling us here on Miner Talk. Really appreciate it, Miner fan. Let's go to Kevin, who's joining us next on the phone lines. We got one phone line available. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009. As we continue here on Miner Talk, that telephone number again, 915-505-6009. As Miner Talk continues, we're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. They have seven locations across El Paso. Paso, the west side of Fabens. We were just out at the Oscar Addy at the Agency for their customer appreciation celebration. You can go online, OscarAddyAtTheAgency.com, and check out all their seven locations for home, auto, or life insurance needs. Just trust the experts at the Oscar Addy at the Agency. Kevin's next here on the phone lines. Kevin, good evening. What's going on, man? Hey, Adrian. How are we doing today, man? Hey, Kev. Uh, I'm all right. I feel good. I'm ready here. It's it's the third week of Minor Talk. We got fiery calls. We got a lot of hot takes flying all over the place. Give us your hot takes. What did you think of this one? Oh, man. It was the ugliest win I've seen from this football program in quite some time, honestly. I, I Man, I got to date back to, like, I, I can't even think. Maybe, like, Maybe like Gary Nord days in like 2002, 2003. I guess that's my hottest take. It's probably been the wow. ugliest win I've seen from this program in a very long time. Honestly, 
you know, going from the Oklahoma game, I saw the adjustments. I saw the improvement. I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's build on that. You know, we got New Mexico State next week. It should be an easy win. You know, credit to New Mexico State, man. They, they stayed in that game, you know, for a good portion. But it looked like in the first half, you know, there were still some missed opportunities. I know we got some points on the board. But, man, you cannot win football games scoring three points in the second half. Like, that is just uncalled for, man. It's just like our whole team just shut off in the second half. And that's something we didn't even see against Oklahoma. And I was just kind of stunned. You know, watching the game, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you know. Obviously, I got to go back and, you know, watch watch more of, like, the game to kind of see, like, what went wrong and stuff. But, man, that was just kind of a pitiful performance on both sides of the ball, you know. I mean, we ended up, you know, pulling through, you know, and it is a rivalry game, you know. Like, despite, you know, who NMSU is on the program, it's always going to be a tough game no matter what the records. In rivalry games, records don't matter. Um, a win's a win, but man, that was not a pretty win. And the fact that we have to go up against New Mexico next week, you know, hey, New Mexico, I actually watched that game against Boise State, and man, they kept in that game. They were a fierce team, and honestly, UTEP has a very, very tough game next week, guys. I cannot stress that enough. It's going to be a tough game against New Mexico. Kevin, before we let you go, how does how does UTEP finish out the month of uh, September? Right now they are 1-2 and two on the season. They've got New Mexico on the road next week, like you mentioned. Boise State in two weeks. How does UTEP finish the month of September? What's their record? Okay, they're going to somehow pull off the win against New Mexico next week. They're going to win. But they're going to lose against Boise State. I don't have pace in that one, so I'm going to finish 1-1 one and one for the ending of September. Okay, so then they will be a 2-3 and three team going into conference play. Well, the official conference play. I keep saying that. They played in you know, North Texas Week 0. But, hey, Kev, really appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Love those takes on, on your side. Uh, Sal, I'll swing it over to you. Yeah, and you know what? He, he brought up something uh, really, really interesting. And I, I was about to jump in, but I had to do some extra thinking and – it would get even worse. So what I'm getting at is he mentioned how disappointed it was for both sides of the football. And I'm thinking, well, there's there's three, you know, special teams really killed it. You know, Sloan, he averaged almost 50 yards per punt with six of them. You know, you have Beckley, who's climbing up the ladder when it comes to the all-time field goal ranks. Special teams killed it. And then I look at, um, at punt returns and then also uh, the muff, too, and it was almost three sides of the football that was disappointing. So shout out to Josh Sloan and Gavin Beckley. Uh, No bias and homerism here. I think they're probably one of the top duos when it comes to kicking and punting. I'm with you, Sal, but I'm going to ask you a tough question. Um, And I I don't know the answer to this one on my side, but I wrote it down to ask you this, and this is a perfect time to bring this up. Do you love or do you hate UTEP special teams? If you had to pick just one. Do you love it for what it does well, or do you hate it for the little errors that continue to pile up with this special teams across for UTEP football? You know what? I'm going to say I love it, even though I know that the negatives out there are because of the muffs and whatnot. But you you pretty much have a surefire thing or, or really, really the, – the most you can feel confident in is Gavin Beckley kicking a field goal and Josh Sloan booting it and putting the uh, the opponents in, you know, some – 
territory that's going to benefit the miners or a position that will benefit the miners. Sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I'm gonna, I am I don't know the answer on my side. I can make an argument for both because I'm with you. Like I think Gavin Beckley and Josh Sloan's uh, their, their success on the field or just their abilities on the field and their talent, that kind of outweighs the negatives. But those negatives just they start hurt. to pile up because oh, you have hurt. the muff punt today. And, and on that one, I wrote down this specific thing with that muff punt specifically, change the momentum because miners were up 17 to nothing they force a quick three and out out of the first half and with that muff punt uh the, the Aggies get six points right there they trade punts right after that but UTEP's offense is not mm. able to get going after that it felt like the momentum the life was sucked out of the miners and that's what the special teams does when they when they have errors they kind of deflate your entire team and I think that's one of the biggest problems I've seen across the board for that special team so if I had to choose love or hate the special teams I think I might hate it right now because mm. until they can prove that week after week they can play mistake free football I, I don't want to I don't want to hear from the special teams I, and even week one they, they missed a call Gavin Beckley actually missed a field goal and they, they didn't play that great in special teams so I, I fault them for that and I, I want continuous games week after week where they play mistake free in special teams I guess that's and, that's kind of where I'd go with and that. And you know what too even for one side of the football it seems like it's asking for a lot yeah too, you know? i'm with you on that so, so to to demand and expect perfection i mean i get it it's it's not going to pop up there but if there's three tails to the football then at least master one of them i'm with you yep and gavin beckley great game uh josh sloan great game um you know i like both of those guys but i i just think that the special teams needs to be find a way to get more uh consistency across the board uh let's go to minor who's joining us next on the phone lines 915-505-6009 minor good evening what's going on i'm doing all right you guys how about you all doing well doing well minor give us your thoughts on this game I'll tell you what, uh, I got a little bit more perspective. I was involved in this rivalry, and I was on the UTEP side. I mm. live in New Mexico. Okay. And I hate both of the New Mexico schools. And I can tell you one thing. Uh, y'all, yeah, I don't know. You listen to the, you know, you listen to the fans, and all you hear is negative this. You know, they win, we're, we're, we're not happy. They, uh, they lose. Uh, well, he's running the ball. He's trying to uh, get the quarterback, and, and I watched the game on ESPN Plus. Okay, and it just looks like to me that Gavin Harson has really got kind of got a little uncomfortable. He missed a couple passes, and then the next thing I know, he's trying to really uh, throw it into a uh, uh, force it in there. And we're lucky there was a couple times that he tried to do that little. Uh, Slant in, and yep, Mexico State started. Mexico State started dropping that linebacker back, and there was a couple times. If it was, uh, it got real close. It could have been a pick up, picked off because they started realizing what we were trying to do. And what it just seems like to me is he's trying to force the game instead of letting the game come to him. The offensive line. They they uh, they protected, and Hardison still's got to realize he's got enough experience to know that hey I can't stand in there and hold the ball. There's a certain time, and then if it is, I just need to get rid of it. Don't take the sack. That happened last week against Oklahoma. We were down twenty-one to ten, and we had momentum, and he took a couple sacks and just knocked the whole 
momentum in Oklahoma went right down and scored, and that was the end of the game right there when it went 28-10 to 10 at halftime. I'm not saying the Miners could have beat Oklahoma, but I'll tell you what, the Miners were playing with them at the time, and if they score and make it 21-17, to 17, you might have had a whole different ball game because Oklahoma would have started, you know, uh, forcing stuff and pressing because, you know, they went out, scored three touchdowns, well, then, like seven minutes, the next thing you know, it's twenty-one nothing. Then, seemed like UTEP finally realized that hey, they punched us in the mouth, and they got some positive stuff going, and they were able to, you know, put a little couple drives together and all that stuff. And it's just like tonight, they get down there, and something bad happens, and it's you kind of look at the players as looking like them. They go, "Oh God, here we go again." And I, I, I can tell you. From being involved on, on on this rivalry, all right, you sit there and you talk about, well, you know what, uh, I don't really care. You can't throw it. Yes, you can throw records out the window. You can throw a blowout more or less out the window because these two teams seem to, you know, it seems like to me that UTEP came in and they, you know, they're supposed to win. They knew they're going to win, and the Aggies played more loose after. A while, and they realize that, hey, they ain't got nothing to lose. They get something going good for them, and they start building up confidence. The miners, you know, the muff punt, that gave them all the uh, momentum came over, and all you could see was the head drop from the team. But I can tell you, players read message boards. Players listen to uh, call-in shows like this. And do you think that the guys have a lot of confidence whenever they hear all the fans, nothing but griping and saying, oh, well, the good players all leave and the good players leave and the transfer portal and all we're stuck with is the has-beens or the ones that nobody else wanted. Well, Miner, I, I'm, I, under, I hear what you're saying, but what's the point you're trying to make? Like like that they play the too I'm tight? Make, the, point I, the point I'm trying to make is why don't you look at Nebraska? How long has it been since Nebraska's had a good team? Do they always have a sellout, though? Yes. They lost today. Will they get rid of Scott Frost? No. You no. still wonder how come he's got a job. But what it is is that fan base is there, and whenever you have fan base behind you, if you have a team that's on the border of being either going back two steps or trying to take a step forward, you know, they – they hit Bob T. They laid an egg against North Texas. Yeah, that's right. And and that's been a big problem. And hey, Miner, I appreciate the phone call. Thanks for weighing in on this one. You know, I'll agree with this one. I think that you you hit Gavin Hardison's quarterback progression uh, perfectly today. I think you broke his his game down uh, the best way you possibly could. Because yeah, he had some nice passes in this one. He had some passes that sailed over his receivers, but he played tight. He played like he had to prove something. And I think that you know maybe play. Yeah, sure. I, I get what you're saying. That there's a lot of. Uh, I, I polarizing kind of opinions when it comes to the fan base around this football team, but that just shows that this fan base cares, and that's what this show's about right here that we do here for Minor Talk. I mean, we hear from fans who care and who have a lot of passion with this, just like you, Minor. I mean, you you know this rivalry like no one else, and you you understand how much this rivalry really means, but that's what college football is right there. You get mad when things don't go right. You cheer when things go well. That's college football right there, and I think that for these players, 
players who are who are on the UTEP football team, they get it because they celebrated with the fans last year mm. when they were bowl eligible for the first time in seven years after the La Tech win. But what have this what does this team won? Uh, what does this program won? They haven't won anything. They've got to prove to the fan base that they can kind of uh, you know get back to that and, and put. Uh, consecutive winning seasons together. That's when you're you're kind of building that success and stuff like that. So yeah, and, and not only do you got to do it, uh, you know, a couple times and, and get a big win in the season, you got to do it year in and year out. And and the fans who are out there at these games, majority of them diehards, right? Some might not have anything to do; they're going out there. But the point is, majority of the people who go night in and night out, those are diehards. You can count I'm on those you. being there, right? However. When are they going to build some new diehards? These new minor fans who hear about the game or how the team is doing. You know what? I'm going to go check them out. And what right. happens when they do that? They went against UTSA. How'd that turn out last season? They went up. Uh, they went when they were taking on North Texas in the first game of the year. How'd that turn out? These are the games that the minors have to win to develop an even more hardcore fan base. I'm with you. And grow their fan base mm-hmm. as well at the same degree. Well, I, great call there, Miner. Appreciate that. Well, let's keep things moving. 505 Let, Let's burn through some tweets. We'll get to uh, Eddie Morello's and, of course, Milkman here in just a second. Appreciate you guys hanging on and being patient with us. Adrian M. tweets the show. At the end of the night, all that, wi- all that matters is wins. Wins count the same. It wasn't pretty, but they don't need to be. Hashtag UTEP football. Hashtag go Miners. Good show from the defense. All players in the offense need to be competing for their jobs this coming week. Hopefully it lights a fire on this team. Something needs to change. That's also coming from Adrian. This coming in from Leo underscore minor fan. This is our guy. That last sentence. And it's hard to lean in on a win is a win here, in my opinion. Even if it's a rivalry game, the Miners should have put this game away in the first half, and it should have never been close. That's coming from Leo underscore minor fan. Ed McDonald tweets the show, great win, first game of the first win of the season, and he's got a couple selfies with UTEP players, uh, and he is excited and fired up on his side. King Eric tweets the show, I give them an F. Sloppy offense, sloppy defense, NMSU is trash, and they let him hang around till the end. This team was supposed to make it back to a bowl game. It doesn't look like it now unless something turns around and a miracle happens. That's coming from King Eric regarding UTEP. This one coming from Joe Chacon. You can't tell me you feel good about this win frustrating this one coming in from ant flow your play calling was not good again talking to head coach dana dimmel does he not get it uh this one from george salgado by the way shout out george salgado he shot photos for us today you can check those out 600 espn el paso.com later on tonight utep hangs on tough for a victory over new mexico state 20 to 30 uh, 13 in the 99th edition of this rivalry series john santa maria tweets us Two of the worst teams and programs in college football duking it out, not to be the cellar dweller. Yeah, and you know what? This kind of taps in with what we were saying, right, uh, before the show, how the games that are winnable all, you know, the rest of the way, it's not going to be about who's better. It's going to be about who's worse. And and the worst (laughs) team is going to wind up losing the game. And I I say this with sarcasm, of course, but it kind of feels like, you're you're banking on the team that you're going up against to be worse than you, and that's why you win. Because it's tough to even feel proud when you say, "Well, we were the better team." 
I'm one of those Sal who I'm not writing this team off for making a bowl game just because I on those same lines I know how bad Conference USA really is. I mean they've got Florida Atlantic at home, Middle Tennessee at home, FIU at home. I could see at least a win or possibly two there, and then you're talking about a road game against Rice, a road game against Charlotte. Those oh, two teams Charlotte. are terrible, terrible. And, and you know what, Adrian? Charlotte is the one that I have marked where if there's any win throughout the rest of the season that they should get. And, of course, it can change near the end with um, – uh, Oh, there we go. I love it, dude. On the bank, look for the live studio. There we go. Perfect. All Perfect. Right. Awesome. Programming. We were ready. And we were shout ready. Shout out to Angel. Shout he out Angel right Munoz. <laughs> um, damn, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> All good, Sal. Let, let's keep it rolling. We'll go to um, the mayor, Eddie Morales of Las Cruces. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. Yeah, we, we were thrown off there. We we're ready for ESPN Radio over here. It's because it's tomorrow. The, the yeah. Sunday clock just chimed in right there. It's not used to minor talk pouring into the next day, but uh, we'll say a good morning to Eddie Morelos who joins us uh, next. Eddie, what's going on, man? I don't know if it's not a regular thing, man. I've called in a few times after midnight, so very I mean, regular, very is, regular. But yes. it's, it's a fun thing, and uh, shout out to that caller, Miner. I mean, again, I said it. I think two weeks ago that the Miner fans are some of the most passionate fans out there. You know what I mean? And that's what it's about. And again, to say that, I get it. It, it was. And I feel I kind of feel bad for the people that didn't go to the game because it ended up being a good game, an ugly good game, okay? But a good game because if you're a fan, at the end of the day, when you walk away from this rivalry, I know me personally, when I walk away and there's a win, you're like, yeah, walking down the mountain, and you're like, we won. And then now you and you said it multiple times on the show already that the, the conference USA isn't very strong. And with that said, there's one win, so five more to go. Pick up your hands, minor fans. Five, <laughs> count five on your fingers, minor fans. Oh man! Uh, the, the next game. Who's the next game, Adrian? New Mexico on the road in Bur- in Albuquerque. Do they win, Eddie? Do they win against Boise State? How do they finish the month of September? They're one and two right now. They 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 pick up a win against UNM. Fall to Boise State. I'm, I'm with uh, with Sal Manila on the the win against Charlotte. I think he had mm-hmm. that as a win, right? Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so there's another two. So get, again, count with your fingers. Minus two. There's three left. Right. And then there's two more games to win. FIU's winning. Yeah, you can win. FI. FIU's an FCS team. One. One. My pinkies. My only my pinkies left up. It's not going to be UTSA. It's not. I'm hey. telling you, it's not going to be um, Louisiana Tech but, probably. But it's like I say in sports, man. You you go and play you play the game for a reason and it's better to be lucky than good. You can get lucky on any given Saturday. You never know. So good luck, minor fans tonight. It was a lot of uh, to me it, the, the momentum changed on that muff punt, like you guys said. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of craziness. Uh, the touch ball on a punt that went into the end zone ended up being a touchback. Um, you know the three plays in a row there when when the momentum was shifting. You tipped through the ball right in the middle. Uh, Hardison threw it and uh, incomplete passes. And it was in those moments where, and I'm pretty sure you heard me. I'm like, why weren't they running the ball? (laughs) It was momentum with the running backs at the time. I believe at that time uh, it was, it was only mid game, right? And they were already up to, I think 60 something yards on the ground. Um, So, but again, to me, this game in particular, I know a lot of people say it's ugly and uh, frustration, but a win's a win. 
five more to go. Good luck, Miners. Hopefully they can get it done. All right, good mic drop there by Eddie Morelos, who joins us next, the mayor of Las Cruces, uh, here on Minor Talk. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009, as we continue here on Minor Talk. Got a couple other calls to get to, Milkman and Johnny from the west side. Let's get to two tweets real quick. Joe Chacon, coming into the season, we weren't supposed to be having close calls or losses to inferior teams. All the hype this year seems like a long shot now. Should have been sipping mimosas in the fourth quarter, not dodging bullets let's hear it hashtag brock is my og hashtag repping from colorado now oh man what a roller coaster though seriously right tale of two halves it's kind of like we saw two different games it For, really was forget tale of two halves it was just two different games it was uh adrian enemy win three tweets us someone needs to tell ronnie we won uh, Paul Reynoso tweets us, how do we only score 20 points against the worst team in Division One college football? The defense, the offense is absolutely awful. We are not a good football team, period. It's time to bring in someone else who can get the job done. Hashtag minor talk. Wow. I mean, people are out on Dana Dimmel again. And this is something that happened in week zero. Something that's happening again right now. Uh, I don't agree with that. I, I would say that uh, let's see how this whole season plays out. Let's see. I, again, there's a lot of winnable games on the schedule. I'm not ready to completely p- uh, push the panic button. I know that there are some uh, glaring issues on offense in particular, at the quarterback pr- position in particular, or just more, more of like the decisions, what's kind of going on in the progression with Gavin Hardison. You know, we talked about this last week, uh, Sal, uh, but just kind of like the, the distribution of passes we're getting from Gavin Hardison. Mm-hmm. I'll give you you an interesting stat okay uh in the screen pass game and the short passing game gavin hardison was uh two for three in the screen passing game that's at the line or behind the line of scrimmage 67 percent in short passing situations that's one to five yards he was four or five 80 percent uh and he he was productive in both those categories 46 yards through the air in short pass situations then we get to mid-range passing six of 12 50 percent we get we go deep passing 15 plus yards, 3 of 10, 30%. Just uh, a 76 yard, uh, you know, 76 yards on the deep passing compared to what he does in short pass situations. I liked how they kind of chipped at OU's defense in that yeah. game last week and, and incorporated more of the short pass game. I just don't like the deep balls. I, I think that you're trying to go for the home run play when you can be going with these slant plays that are just way more manageable and they get your drives to actually last a lot longer instead of going yeah. with a quick three and out. Yeah, and I like how you mentioned how the drives last longer too because we talk about the run game not helping out as much so far this season. Good job tonight, but right. The main thing is run the ball to keep the clock moving and keep the chain or keep the clock going and keep the chains moving. You can do that with these short and mid passes, right? But I, I think they're just sold on the idea that Hardison has an arm. There's no denying it, and they're going for that home run play every time. But you know, get these singles, get a double every now and then. You don't need to go for the big play because. They haven't scored on a big play yet this year. It's kind of like he's a he's a slugger who's consistently striking out because he's trying to hit home runs and jacking them out of the park. He he has a really hard punch, but yeah. it's just not connecting a lot. There you yeah. go. I like it, Sal. Let's keep it moving. Milkman's next. Milkman, good a good evening, good morning, whatever you want to call it. Appreciate your phone call. Give us your breakdown on this one. Hey, how's it going, guys? Going well, um, Milkman. Go ahead. So, so uh, I'm glad you brought up Gavin Hard- uh, Hardison. I I'm gonna talk about him in a second, but uh, I don't want to be accused of being another you know minor fan who's negative even after a win. So I just I want to bring up the positives. 
For one, I gotta say, I am surprised we had a crowd that big after uh, the egg they laid for that first game. Um, I thought the crowd was surprisingly bigger than than I thought they would be, and the, they got into it when it mattered uh, down there at the at the end. They really got into it, and I think that's part of the reason that they that they held them at the end. Um, so I got I do have to give it to the crowd. Um, uh, secondly, uh, I mean we. <laughs> I know we weren't expecting it, but we left uh, watching a actually exciting game at the end. Um, so you know, you, you you really can't be too upset when you when you uh, watch an exciting game at the end. So I will say that. Now, um, <laughs> I I'm a fan of of uh, Hardison, um, but I gotta say something's off. Like some. I, so, and and I do know. I mean, side note: we all, I'm sure, are aware how. Like, it wasn't just us that knew Cowing was one of the best in the country. I mean, look what he's doing with Arizona. He scored three touchdowns last week. So, and he's balling I mean, out he, tonight too. So he's he's having another oh, yeah. great game tonight. So yeah, yeah keep going. No I mean, you throw it in his general direction, the guy would catch it. And we saw that last year. We knew how good he was, and it's it's obvious. However, I also saw Gavin Hardison like thread the needle last year. I mean, I, I saw him throw some passes last year that I was like, how the hell did that get to the receiver? It was like through two or three other defense. I mean, absolutely threading the needle. And I'm, I'm just not seeing it this year. I don't know. Like maybe he's in a funk or something. So, he, he, I, I really hope he snaps out of it because uh, I think as some other callers said, you can't score three points in the, in the second half and expect to win, especially against, I mean, Let's face it, you know, I, I love beating the Aggies, but um, they're not a good team. Um, so you, you cannot do this against other teams and expect to pull off a win. Um, so I, I just, you know, I, like I said, I'm glad I'm glad they won. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy I got to see a win. But, my God, this offense, I, I, and it's, it's, as though, it's as though something's, like, off. I, I, I have no other way to explain it. Like, something's off. I, I – I saw Gavin Hardison throw much better last year, and I saw, you know, and it's not just because he had one of the best receivers in the country. Uh, I mean, just think, and the play calling, like, I mean, but, you know, that has been a problem for a while. But um, I don't know. I, I, I really hope that, you know, they all snap out of it, what's going on. But um, I'm happy with the win. I know sometimes it may sound like I'm not, but I am happy we got the win and, you know, good for the crowd getting out there, getting on it. But, um Congratulations, miners! Please, 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 snap out whatever, snap out of whatever funk you're in, and let's hope we can get to another bowl game. Because I, I, like you, am not ready to write them off um, after what we've seen. But man, you, you got to snap out of this. Yeah, they're they're the glaring issues. And hey, appreciate the phone call, Milkman. Great points, great stuff as always. Uh, I I don't know what's wrong with Gavin Harrison. I'll try to you you try to answer this one, Sal, because I can't answer um, this one. I have no clue. Uh, I think it's just a lot of trying to force plays uh, that are there. Uh, I think he knows a lot is expected of him. He he can make those type of plays, but just hasn't connected early on. And I think he's really trying to right that ship by forcing some of these throws. Uh, that's what I think it is. But also, too, Adrian, there's still a long uh, 
season ahead of them. They're right. only, they're only a quarter into the season, three games in. So I mean, there's plenty of time to correct it, but uh, for sure, I, I think it's just trying to force things. Yeah. Again, another game where he's under 50 percent completion. He was uh, 13 of 27 today uh, through the air, and uh, another game where he struggled when it came to uh, just completing passes when they needed to. He had seven straight incompletions in the in the third quarter, and that started in the second quarter. Actually, dragged into the third quarter. Also took two sacks. So again, you want to ask Gavin Hardison to just get rid of the ball at times and just you know I, I know he's trying to do a lot. I know he wants to be that. Uh, he wants to come up with that big play, but you don't need those big plays sometimes. And I think that's what Ronald Awad did effectively on the ground tonight. Twenty one carries, one hundred ten net uh, on the ground, uh, one touchdown, averaged five yards a carry. That's what they needed on yeah. the ground. And without Ronald Awad. I worried that UTEP may have lost this game in, in this one because when UTEP is one-dimensional, when you shut off that run right away from UTEP, you, you put the game in Gavin Hardison's hands. And at times, that is uh, that, that's suspect, right? Because uh, Gavin Hardison has not proved that he can be consistent drive over drive, game over game. And although he took a step forward in the game against Oklahoma, he took a step back today. And I, I just want to see him clean things up, be a little bit more consistent, find a rhythm with his receivers. I don't know what's going on with the, the chemistry or if the, that's even a storyline when it comes to this. But something something has got to change when it comes to the quarterback play and just the passing game. Uh, Want to give out our phone number, 915-505-6009, to get into the show. we got two lines available. If you'd like to weigh in, now is the time to do so. Let's go to Johnny from the west side. He wants to weigh in on this UTEP-New Mexico State Battle of I-10, the 99th edition of this series. Johnny, thanks for the phone call. What's going on? Yeah, hi. Uh, you know what? Uh, just two quick things. I had a, well, in the first half at least, I noticed that Hardison had real trouble throwing on the run, uh, specifically when he was flushed out of the pocket. And I was just wondering if that would, you know, if teams are watching that tape and if that's going to be a common occurrence going forward. Uh, and then secondly, how we were looking to uh, use Hankins uh, going forward at, at this point. You know, it just doesn't seem like he's going to be uh, the star number one running back anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one right there. I, I don't even know how to answer that right there. What what do you kind of think? I mean, I, I don't even know if that's the real issue the, either. Like, it, it's, a, it's a tough complex right now that UTEP's got to figure out. Yeah, you know, I just haven't seen that much from Hankins. I honestly, at this point, think he should probably move to fullback or something that maybe even like a blocking specific tight end. You know, maybe he's undersized in that, but I mean... Well, my, like my, my other thing, Johnny, is way. how are we supposed to evaluate his game when he only gets four carries a game? Is that a product of him not having True. success, or is that a product of just the, the coaching or, or something that's wrong with him specifically? Like, I don't get it. I Deion Hankins is the poster boy for UTEP football. He's on every single promotional thing that you're going to find across the board for this team. The 915 campaign was built mm-hmm. around guys like him, Ray Flores, right. guys who are uh, you know, from the 915 or who had graduated from the 915. He's the lauded uh, recruit that they got out of Parkland. He was an all-conference recipient in 2020, so I don't want to buy that he's not a, a, st- a strong running back because he really is. 
I, I just I want to know what's what's uh, going on with the opportunities. Is it does he has he not earned the opportunity to carry the football, or has is something going on right there with with the play calling? Are they just th- thinking, hey, let's just make Ronnie Awat our guy uh, and and not have that dual running back system that they thought they were going to have? I, I don't know the answer to this, Johnny. Yeah, and honestly, speaking to your point, I mean. Given how much Dimmel likes to run the ball, much to our chagrin, uh, you know, four carries a game just kind of seems absolutely ridiculous when you have somebody as powerful as Hankins. You know, if you're considering him as a fullback, it's just you would expect a, a sledgehammer back to get a few more carries than four, you know, at least in the second half. You would expect six to eight, maybe even ten. Right, right, you know, I agree. It's just, it's just, I don't want to go harp on play calling because I know that it's all of our uh, our pain points but I mean at a certain point it's just it's just confusing what's going on right now and I'm just remembering back to the uh, the first half drives where we should have you know absolutely buried NMSU you know I think what it should have been 24 I think to zero or yes, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. That's definitely right. Turn the ball over yeah. on downs in their territory, or actually uh, a, a fumble in their territory. So that that was a that was a huge loss for the Miners. They should have been up big at the end of the first half. And it's just confusing because, like every other caller has mentioned, you know, it's just NMSU is a team we should have absolutely buried. And it's just confusing. Even using Dimmel style of ball, just ball control and just you know controlling everything. Uh, the second half is just horrendous, and it's just—it's eh. tough sometimes. I hear you. I hear the frustration, Johnny. Hey, I appreciate you hanging on with us and spending time talking about this UTEP football team. I, I don't have the answers for you, Johnny. Again, I, I talked about this at the top of the show, but I left this game with more questions than I do answers around this UTEP football team. And while I'm not pushing the panic button, while I, I'm not out on this team whatsoever, I do have to say there are glaring issues that they have to rectify uh, if they want to repeat last year's bowl appearance and get to uh, six, seven wins to try to get back to a bowl game. Let's keep it moving. Let's go to Twitter real quick. Joe Chacon tweets us, man, do we miss this guy right now at Jacob Cowling? Yep. He's a special player, man. We'll be seeing him on Sundays. We definitely will. Uh, also tweeting us is Rich. The two commentators uh, were – no, I'm going to move on from this one. Adrian at EnemyWin3 tweets us, Have you all lost your minds? UTEP won. If you can't celebrate the wins, you are going to have a long season. Uh, that's coming from Adrian at EnemyWin3. This one coming in from Pinky. Uh, I got to meet Collar Miner from New Mexico. I also live in New Mexico and hate both New Mexico major universities. LOL. Hashtag Miner Talk. <laughs> nice. Pinky's hilarious. Miner Joe tweets the show. Sorry, but I was so disappointed. Good game, but wow. So many points left on the board and so much potential. Complacency in the first half almost led us, left us with a loss. How about Hardison is not that good? Play calling has been suspect this year. That's coming in from Miner Joe on Twitter. If you'd like to weigh in, we've got two lines available. 915-505-6009. We're going to take our first time out of Miner Talk. Man, we had to burn through a lot of calls to take this first break. But let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, we're going to get a lot more uh, to get to. Uh, we'll get to more phone calls for sure at 915-505-6009. We'll also get to our awards, our play of the game brought to you by Specs, our Heineken player of the game, and then our drive of the game brought to you by the Oscar Arieta Agency. You're listening to Minor Talk 
Also brought to you by the Oscar Eddie at the Agency right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk is back. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Angel Munoz producing the show, screening the calls, getting you ready for some UTEP Minor Talk here after the game. Sal Monta is joining me in studio as well. Uh, Jason Craig had to bail, but uh, shout out to Jason. He joined us as well, official DJ for UTEP Athletics. A couple tweets to get to, then we'll – actually, you know what? Now let's let's reward uh, one of our patient callers, Alan, who uh, hung on with us patiently during the break. Alan, we'll get to you right now. UTEP defeated New Mexico State 20-13. to What did you think of this game? Uh, I'm more upset that they won instead of losing. I would have been happier if they would lost because they didn't deserve to win the game. But it is obvious they're missing their two receivers from last year. They're missing that offensive line. I believe his name is Hernandez. Uh, are you talking about DeHaro? You're, you're probably talking about Bobby okay, DeHaro. Oh, okay, they're missing him. But losing those two receivers, and they're missing Haywood, the linebacker. Yeah, they really are. Man, they, they could use so, Breon Hayward so badly right now. Yeah, and coach has got to go. They don't have the receivers that they had last year. They need to change their offensive game plan. They've got to change the plan, go more with the running game, because they don't have the receivers that they had last year. When Cameron was on the field, he could make defenses change in a snap because they had to concentrate on him. He was now just that gone. kind of player. Yeah, he was that player where he, you could fixate on him. He's up in Arizona. He's killing but, it. Uh, I got an inside uh, information for the guy who's also a gambler. I'm a handicapper, <laughs> and we're working on the games for next week, and we've already got the Lobos. Minus seven. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Lobo's opening up as a seven-point favorites at home? That's, that's an insider, yeah. Okay. The I work for. We got a yeah, minor talk exclusive right here, seven. Alan. I appreciate that. Alan, let me ask you this. As you see the rest of um, September, how do you see it shaping out for the Miners? On the road against New Mexico, then they play Boise State at home. Do, okay. do the Miners get at least two wins to close out September, or how do you see this ending up for them? Well, like I said, we got the Lobos, minus seven. Uh, I can tell you right off the bat, it'll be Boise probably – Minus 20. Uh, the only team I think they might be able to beat, and that's maybe, is is that uh, Charlotte and FIU. But they got Charlotte on the road, and that's a long haul out there. That's true. That's uh, true. Maybe Alan. one game. I think they might win one more game. Maybe two. Yeah, maybe Rice out there. You got you got a terrible Rice team. You got a Middle Tennessee team that's pretty unproven right well, now. Well, Utah played the worst team in, in Division One football today. Look what happened. Yeah, they struggled in the end. They almost the lost. The team in Division One is New Mexico State. Hard to argue with you. This. Hard to argue with you there, Alan. I mean, we put the line up for UTEP at uh, 21. Okay, and the line moved up to 17 today. Or 17 and a half for the, for the Miners. They should have won that game by at least three touchdowns. I think so, too, Alan. 
think it's a very disappointing game for a lot of minor fans because they expected a blowout. I know that there are some fans who say, hey, it's a rivalry game. You can never expect a blowout in a rivalry game. And I get those. Uh, I get that understanding, that line of thinking. But I'm with you. This is the worst team in, in FBS that you might see on paper in New Mexico State. They struggled to score the ball in week one against Nevada. They struggled. To, they didn't score anything against Minnesota, a Power 5 program last week. And then this week, they hang around against UTEP and they make it a game. They, they could have tied it. They could have sent this one into overtime when it was all said and done, and uh, the minor defense held on uh, at the at the final drive. Um, but nonetheless, the, this was a game that New Mexico State shouldn't have been in, but they were in, and they had a chance to actually uh, tie this game and maybe even win it. But uh, great call, Alan. Really appreciate your phone call. Thanks for the heads up as far as what the projected line could be for next week at, at uh, New Mexico. A couple other tweets to get to. Tristan Pence, who's, uh, who's always a great follow on social media give New Mexico State credit they they never gave up and they played a very good second half against UTEP the Miners have now been outscored 47 to 6 I'll repeat that again for you Sal 47 to 6 the Miners have been outscored in the second half this season the coaches need to be do a better job of getting this team prepared at halftime hashtag minor talk that's from Tristan Pence might be one of our best tweets do you remember? I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but there was a third quarter stat, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was like something like they they just never did any, they never scored in the third quarter. It was something along something those lines. Lo- I want to yeah. ask Voice of the Miners John Teicher about that uh, when I see him, you know, next week. I'm going to ask him about that stat because I remember he was the one who kept that. And and I mean, this is where the teams are starting to make their adjustments as well. So it's it's bad enough that you're not putting up any points or you know a decent amount of points, but. You're allowing them at will, right? As well, so it's it's kind of like there's there's two negatives there, and before you can even f- fix one completely, you know the other one's hitting you on the other side. So it's a it's a tough battle, man. I, it, it I really don't know is. what's going on. I don't know either, man. I I, I don't understand it either. Let's uh, give out our phone number. It's nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. We might rewind things down here. We had a great stretch of phone calls, about an hour and a half stretch of phone calls right there. If you want to tweet us, it's at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. You could also check out our free mobile app, uh, also 600 ESPN El Paso, wherever you download your apps. Uh, we will get to our different awards later on in the show. First off, our uh, our Heineken player of the game, we'll get to that. We'll also get to our drive of the game brought to you by the Oscar Addy at the agency. But before we do that, I do want to also mention that we'll get to our play of the game. That's brought to you by Specs. Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. They have been a Texas family-owned destination for selection and savings since 1962. Specs is your one-stop shop with literally thousands of wines, spirits, and beers at everyday lower prices. Uh, Specs is one of those places where, whether you're watching UTEP or if you're soaking up the last rays of the summer sun. Now it's the fall. We're getting ready for the fall here in September. Specs has you covered with lower prices on Texas's largest selection. From tantalizing tailgate treats to UTEP watch party must-haves, Specs experts are here to help you get exactly what you need with their professional suggestions on world-class wines, rare spirits, and new craft beers at Specs. Check out their location right here next to UTEP at 2525 North Mesa Street. That's Specs Wine Spirits and Finer Foods. 
hey, uh, I had to head over to Specs earlier today before uh, the NFL Week 1 uh, starts tomorrow. Nice. So uh, I'm glad I got a chance to head out to Specs. We'll give out those awards later on here in just a little bit. But, Sal, I've been asking this to a lot of our callers. I'm going to ask it to you now. Uh, and I think you, you mentioned your thoughts initially, but let's elaborate a little bit more. You say UTEP will win against New Mexico and drop the Boise State game. If they go into the month of October at a 2-3 and three record, do you think that they go to a bowl game and they win four games to close out their season in Conference USA? And that would be four out of their last... I think that's four out of their last... Uh, is it six or five? Si- maybe it's six. It's, Let me see. I should pull up the schedule. Actually, it's... it's um, <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. It is seven. Four out of their last seven games. Four out of their last seven um. Okay. Well, let's reel these games off. Okay, I got you. At Charlotte. At Charlotte, win. At La Tech. I originally said a win. I'm gonna say it's a loss now. At Florida Atlantic. Um, you know, I think they're here. Yes. Versus. But, um, I'm sorry. Versus Florida Atlantic. I think I'm they'll sorry. drop to FAU. Okay. Versus Middle Tennessee. They'll drop to Middle. Wow. Uh, at Rice. They'll beat Rice. Okay. Versus FIU. They'll beat FIU, and then for UTSA, I'll say they'll drop that one. Okay. So what does that put them at? That's five, five and seven. Yeah. And that's and the reason why I'm saying this is because big game after big game, I haven't seen enough to really have confidence in saying yes. That's why it's tough to put them up. I originally had them as a win against Louisiana Tech. Now I don't feel as confident um, when they take on Florida Atlantic, who can be a lot better by that time as well. That's going to be a toss-up game, and in those types of games, it's really, really tough, at least right now, in my opinion, to try and be on that side. You know what, Sal? One of the things that we do have to mention is year by year. We we always like to reference UTEP football year by year and, and what they've done throughout the seasons. One of the things that UTEP has not done, after they have a winning season or a successful season for that matter, or or make a trip to a bowl game, whatever you want to call it, they usually have a regression year. I'll, I'll give you a couple examples. 2014, they go to they go to the New Mexico Bowl, finish seven and six under Sean Coogler. Year right after, they go five and seven. And yeah, you could make the argument that UTEP was a field goal away from being bowl eligible that year, but they weren't. They were they finished it the didn't year. Happen, yeah. yeah, exactly. That was five and seven. Uh, you look back to Mike Price's 2010 season. Trevor Vitito. They go out to the New Mexico Bowl. Six and seven is how they finish off that year. The next season, five and seven. They take a step back after that, um, you know, better 2010 season. Then you go um, all the way back, the the back-to-back consecutive season wins uh, in 2004-2005. That's the one where you look at the high point for UTEP and say, that's what you want from this this program. You want them to have back-to-back winning seasons. But you look back to 2000, they're co-WAC champions under Gary Nord. And then the year right after, they take a massive step back. They were 8-4 in 2000, and then in 2001, they dropped to 2-9. The year after that, they go two and ten, and the year after that, they go two and eleven. So right after having one of the most successful, if not the most successful seasons that UTEP has ever seen, UTEP wins two games or less in the next three years. Regression is a consistent thing here at UTEP once the football program has the, the a little bit of success. And history is not on UTEP's side or it's, favor. It's not. And I'm glad you brought that up because their game against Charlotte is on the East Coast. And how many games have they won 
in the East Coast. Zero. Zero. So they got to break that curse. So there's, it's just mountain on top of mountain that they got to climb up. But you know what, though? If you're a team that's trying to get fans back out there, give them something to believe in, those are the games that you got to win consistently. You got to, you got to start bucking and, and breaking those trends, so to speak. Uh, th- those are two different things. You got to start breaking those streaks, right, in order to, to continue to get people to believe in you. Because otherwise, when it comes time after time and you have a tough test that you can pass, but you fail, you're giving people a reason to not want to go out there. Yeah, I'm with you on that completely, Sal. I, I'm not sure what's going to happen with this uh, the rest of the season, but I think it's something that we're bookmarking a lot of things here for this UTEP football team, and we're going to be circling circling back on a lot of yeah. this stuff as well. Uh, Shannon tweets us, what was up with that dumb touchdown by the refs when it was obviously an incomplete pass? I just wanted to make sure, I guess. Yeah, it was a bad call, Shannon. That's all I can tell you. That was like a high school football call. It was a conference who would say refs at their best. And I can say go. that because where's NMSU next year? That's <laughs> so, right. They're, hey, they're heading into the conference. Hey, they're just getting ready for a taste of what's to come. That's all. As we wind things down here, we'll preview the the game against New Mexico in just a little bit. Uh, let's get to some awards first here on the show. And uh, first off, we've got our Heineken player of the game. Sal, in this one, i got to give it to Ronald Awad. 21 carries, 110 rushing yards, one touchdown for him. The UTEP running game has been non-existent all year long, all year. And you could give this award to Cal Wallerstedt at the linebacker position who filled in for Jerome Wilson, yeah. who was injured in this game. He had nine total tackles, a tackle for loss uh, as well. I-, I like Wallerstedt's game. He even fell on the the uh, the fumble late in the game to force that turnover as well. Wallerstedt could have been that player of the game. Amehule had a, actually a pretty sharp game as well. Six total tackles and a tackle for loss, but... Miners need to get the run game going. So that for that, I'm going to give Ronald A. Watt the player of the game. Your thoughts on that? So. You know what? I, I can't disagree there. Adrian, we've been asking for the run game to show up. And if, if we're looking at the offense here, um, he's a big, big reason why the Miners are able to have some of that time burn off the clock. But also to um, you know, give him something to cheer for because some of his runs were, were pretty electrifying tonight. So that's what we're asking for the run game to you know kind of take a step in the right direction. And they did tonight with Awat. I'm with you completely there, Sal. Uh, as far as our Oscar idea at the drive of the game, that's brought to you by the Oscar idea at the agency. Uh, this one, uh, you know, it's kind of tough because you could look at uh, the second drive when it was an efficient six-play, 65-yard drive that was three minutes long. It, it was capped off by a nine-yard passing touchdown from Gavin Hardison to Tyron Smith. But I'm actually going to go back to the first drive of the game, Sal, where okay. UTEP just drags on an eight-plus-minute drive, 17-play, 63 yards that does result in a Gavin Beckley field goal. But there's a lot of Gavin Beckley uh, really big news today as far as what he is doing as far as career milestones go. yeah big, big time you know he entered this game I believe with 40 field goals and uh being right behind um, or tied rather with uh, with Jay Maddox third all-time right so great name that, that's after his um his field goal uh, his first one of two and when he hits his second um matter of fact uh he entered tied with Jay Maddox there we go so he passes Jay Maddox but he ties Ricky Bishop for second all-time now with wow. his um with his second field goal tonight making it his 42nd all-time and we got to ask this as well Adrian he's uh two field goals per game so far this year there's nine regular uh left at this rate that's 18 but let's be fair let's say you know we could throw this question out there can he pass 
Reagan Schneider, who's number one with 50 all-time field goals? I think so, Sal. I think it's going to be an easy at, one. At the rate he's going, why not? Yeah, I think it's going to be an easy eclipse right there. Gavin Beckley becoming the all-time field goal kicker at UTEP. That's that's pretty incredible to look at. You, you know what? Okay, in that case, he needs eight more to tie and okay. nine to pass. What game is he going to break it in? I think it's closer to the last ones. I, I think you're talking about like a senior day, uh, uh, you know, breaking that career record at the senior day game against Florida International. So I'm looking late in the season for Gavin Beckley to do this, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him do it mid October. I really wouldn't. You, you know what? I think I'm going to go with uh, with the game against Middle Tennessee to close nice. October um, homecoming game because we we look at the offense too, and for them at, at this rate. When it's fourth and and you know fourth and inches or whatever the case is fourth and short medium, more times than not they're starting to to run the ball and I think they should get the field goals because you got to leave with some points but. Uh, that's why I have it so late because they're going to try to be going for six. As far as the play of the game, Sal, and this is brought to you by Specs uh, here on Minor Talk. This is a tough one as well. I think we have to probably just talk about the cat, the game, uh, the play that capped off this one uh, to make it an actual victory. Um, and I think that that could be seen as a cop out. But the way that d- defensive tackle Tavita Tafuna was able to strip NMSU quarterback Diego Pavia, uh, linebacker Cal Wallerstedt fall on it. That's the game. UTEP hangs on. I think we're going to just do the game-clinching play to seal this one, even though this one was ugly. Ugly all the way to the end. It didn't make you feel good if you're a UTEP fan. Some UTEP fans are, are okay with this one. They said, yeah. hey, a win's a win. And uh, I, I still feel that's kind of complacency. You're, you're coming from a place of complacency right there. We're coming from a place of expectation. We said it from the, the get-go. We said it from day one with this UTEP football team. We're coming at this with expectations and we're holding them accountable to losing games or um, you know playing in closer games that they should be you know killing teams like this one. And I guess when it comes down to it, when it really mattered, the defense showed up and, and they dominated for we can say two point two quarters. <laughs> okay, you, okay. If you want to uh, ratio it out, but no, I think uh, the defense came up big when um, obviously when they needed to, but they only allowed thirteen points this game. And you know th- we've been asking for them to step up. It's supposed to be their identity, and they they took a step in the right direction tonight. I think so as well, Sal. And as we turn the page, look over to next week. It's New Mexico. It's a six o'clock kickoff. We'll have the coverage KLAQ ninety five five, and then afterward, Minor Talk six hundred ESPN El Paso. Uh, that'll wind it up. That'll probably do it for us here on the show. I appreciate everybody who listened to us. Make sure you follow Minor Talk wherever you get your podcast. Like, subscribe, and listen into the Minor Talk. Podcast podcast on demand in case you missed anything from today's show you could check out all of it archived on our podcast channel as well uh, that will do it for us we thank all our great sponsors here on minor talk and we also thank angel munoz for producing the show being uh, the great screener of phone calls as well and uh, putting us back on the radio when we had a little bit of a of a uh, dilemma at the top of the hour. So special thanks to you, Sal. Great job uh, producing the game today. And uh, let's get some sleep tonight. Let's get ready for a big week next week. And uh, we'll be back in action next week. That's exactly it. And I just want to say this. First week of NFL tomorrow. 
uh, officially begins because uh, Thursday doesn't count. That's right. But I don't want to see anybody crying when the Lions go 20-0 and 0 and win a Super Bowl. I'm all in, baby. <laughs> Break my heart. Let's do this. Great mic drop there, Sal. <laughs> that's, that's the way we should do it. That's the way we should end it. Again, UTEP defeats New Mexico State 20-13 to in the Battle of I-10. I'm Adrian Broadus. He's Sal Montes, Angel Munoz. And we're saying so long, and thank you so much for listening to Minor Talk right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.